ladies and gentlemen, the long wait is over because it's season number two. It's Liberation Day. It's the stunning one, reigning, defending, undisputed Churchill Cup champion, and alongside my best friend, my partner in crime, David Smart Mark. David, how you doing? Hey, mate, I'm just glad to be here. I mean, I really, really am just glad to be here. What a time to be alive, I think is the cliched phrase, but never was it more appropriate. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, everyone. Welcome to season two. They said it wouldn't last, and it, you know, you look back over the year and it's just been amazing. Um, genuinely, genuinely amazing. I'm not going to go into any cheap jokes. It's just been amazing to think that we've managed a year. Uh, we've got better. We think we've got better. We've had guests. We've had some named guests. We've had some lovely guests. And we've had Boris. Well, you know, we got to like Boris. You know, he does help out from time to time. I love Boris, really. Um, I, I just, you know, I just like to, you know, I just, you know, were the very first podcast, the competition that brought us together. Now, in, in, in utter hindsight, it was what it was. And, uh, and you know, it was just plainly, plainly obvious, Boris. I'm not bitter. You know, NXT Talk's a brilliant show. Boris is very accomplished. We love him. Um, and I just want to hug him and go out and get drunk and eat pies and drink beer with him. Well, before we get started, I just want to take time out to thank Christina for doing the new thing to the show because it's freaking awesome. And I'm going to link all her social media and her Patreon stuff in the show notes. Slide down there, check her out. She sings a lot of good yeah. music. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah, she's a very talented lady, and she bakes damn fine cake. I want me a cake sickle. Mate, having had one, I can highly recommend them, but I want you over here for many, many reasons to that. You have many slices of United Kingdom culture to, um, to, to uh, you know, inflict on young Sean and send him back a different man than he came over with. Well, we are champions of the universe, or... Princess of the universe, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah, you know, but but Queen actually made that song. You know. Okay, before I start cracking up more than I am, let's slide over to the stunning six questions. It's time for the stunning six question. All the wise and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. Okay, Mister Smart Mark. First question of the new season. Vince is taking over. Control at NSC apparently, and what do you believe that will mean for older talent like Johnny Gagaro, Tomasa Ciampa? <laughs> yeah, um, well, I think NXT is dead in the water. I don't know whether it's coming up on the stunning six questions, but NXT is obviously dead in the water over here. That may be something to come up um, with later on. I really don't know what to say. Johnny Gargano, I think, is screwed. I think they should start looking for other jobs if they can get to AEW, but AEW is getting fuller and fuller. And, you know, they picked, to be honest, they picked the right ones. I genuinely don't know what's going to happen with it. They've, they've got the new marketing logo, which is awful. We'll wait and see. I mean, I, shall, I actually want to watch, as we record this, I actually want to watch tonight's show, even though it's at stupid o'clock. I should probably be awake because I've got strange English sleeping habits. And it's unseasonably hot over here at the moment. So I, I really don't know. Some of the stars that we consider stars, Vince won't consider stars because of the size, their promo ability. And let's face it, on NXT recently, they've not been helped by storylines They've not been helped by what's gone on over there. You know, you look at the way with Gargano involved in, in this wedding with, with Indy and um, uh, Sam Shaw, 
yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. I, I just it's just complete garbage. So I think it'll be a complete revamp. I think he'll go out, and as he already is doing, he's brought a, another one of the um, Fatus in, not the right one from MLW. However, he's brought one in. He's bringing American footballers in, or failed American footballers in. He's bringing athletes in. He's not bringing wrestlers in, and you know I fear for it. I, I think we've seen. We've been saying it for weeks. We've seen its best days. I think it's done. It's time to take it to the vets and put it down. Well, David, I believe we're going to go back in time. We're going back to Florida's Championship Wrestling. So it's going to be a whole new era for NXT, and we're just going to have to wait and see what they actually do because that wedding you're talking about, it's not today. It's actually next week. It's the 14th. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's been, it's coming in. It's just garbage writing. Okay, David, we're going to go over to stunning question number two. Is Tony Khan falling into the Dizzy Cotter trap? And what I mean is, slowly but surely, he's been becoming more and more of a character in his own promotion. Good question. No, I don't think so. I don't think he's quite that bad yet. At one point in AEW, when he said he was never going to be an on-screen character, I thought that he'd never keep to that because he is he is a bit of a money mark. But as Punk said this week, aren't we all? Aren't we all? He just happens to have the money and the ownership. I've been impressed that he has actually stayed relatively off screen recently. And I hope he doesn't. I, I really hope he stays stays out of it. Being dynamite this week obviously could be the biggest view dynamite for obvious reasons coming off all out and it'll be interesting to do, see if he does stay off screen or not i don't think he has got that far yet okay i'm gonna agree with you i do believe that he hasn't crossed that line yet to being dizzy carter country but he needs to be mindful of it because i feel like you know the, the urge is there because i mean like i know he loves professional wrestling and stuff and it would be so easy to slide over to be too much. But right now, how much Tony Khan we're getting is the right amount of Tony Khan. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we should see him at all. Um, I don't think he should be referenced, but he, he is. But no, I, uh, yeah, that last statement's probably fair. It is about the right amount. If we're going to have an amount of him, we are getting the right amount at the moment. That's a fair point. Okay, so stunning question number three, David. Which of the big debuts from AEW All Out is going to be the most beneficial for AEW going forward? Oh, again, great question. There was like three and a half, bearing in mind Minoru Suzuki is only there for a very short period of time. Beneficial, I personally would say Adam Cole. I enjoyed his the most because Danielson was expected. And they caught the crowd. They fooled the crowd because the crowd were yes, yes, yesing. And then Cole came out. And it was it was very well done. Very well done indeed. I think overall because Daniel and Punk have a limited shelf life and they're more of a name value. But I think overall, Adam Cole, yeah, without a doubt, baby. Okay, so I'm going in a different direction. I'm going to say Ruby Soho is the person that's going to give you the most benefit going forward because you're adding another talented lady to that ladies' division. And that ladies' division does need some more talent and somebody who has experience in televised wrestling. I take your point, but I'm going to ask you a question. Go ahead. She comes out in the Battle Royal. We all expected it. I called it weeks ago, to be fair. Um, That's one of the few things I have got right in the last five or six weeks regarding wrestling predictions. She wins. I didn't expect her to win coming out at 30, particularly when they went down to her and Thunder Rosa. So immediately she faces Britt Baker. They're not going to take the title off Britt Baker to put it on Ruby Soho this early. So it's almost like they're hotshot booking. And putting her because she, because of who she is, because of her name value, and you know, let's face it, the reaction she got, fantastic. I know that crowd 
you could have gone and pooed in the middle of the ring and that crowd would have cheered it on Sunday night. But it was a brilliant crowd. She actually commented in her post-match press that she'd never been cheered like that before. And it was, you know, she found it unbelievable. I think they've hot-shotted her with this. And I don't see her losing. I don't see her winning the title for a goodly while. Thunder Rosa's ahead of her to win the title. And she'll do so good for the women's division, yeah. But she's been hot-shotted a little bit. Well, you get Britt Baker with her faction now, since she's added Jamie Hayward with her. So I can see them actually find a way to get out of this title match they owe Ruby Soho. But I think it's going to be more beneficial for them having her there to work with, like, Taikani, Anna Jay, Sheeta... And the list goes on, okay? <laughs> big swole. Big swole needs some help. Okay, so stunning question number four. As I'm moving on here, you see I'm moving on. David, do you consider NWA in power and NWA 73 a success for the NWA? Do you know what? Despite my criticisms, yes, I've seen them both now. And they're both excellent shows. Um, I do, but they've got to be careful. Bear in mind, as I say, over here in the UK, and this is, a, again, I'm repeating the criticism, you could have bought them both together or you could have bought them individually individually both of them were more expensive than all out here in the uk now to be fair what are you going to buy all out or nwa 73 if you're a wrestling fan that's a no-brainer so i think they've got to be careful because over here in the uk there was less eyes on the product than there would have routinely been but the shows were good the appearance of flair trevor murdoch has got now the company some good publicity and some praise and so is nick oldest for the way he's conducted himself in finally hand you know finally laying down to you know be beaten so it's probably just helped them but only just and they need to be careful going forward because there is potentially a third company there and certainly a joint third company with ring of honor exactly david now, the one thing I would say they need to be careful about is actually doing back-to-back shows and the size of the building they were running. Because if you watch the first show in power, the attendance, you can see it was kind of sparsely attended. I mean, they still had a good audience. And the audience for NW73 was freaking amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would go with a smaller building. Yeah, there's one point that I made. I mentioned um, two companies being joint third of potentially NWA and Ring of Honor. Now, as loathed as I am to say it, there's been another relatively big indie show recently, and GCW had a War Games-type horrible match over the weekend, but they drew huge numbers. In fact, the room got moved to be bigger because they'd sold oversold tickets you have matt cardona losing their title to john moxley and then it finished with a face-off of moxley versus nick gage now i'm not a fan of this garbage rubbish but there's obviously an audience for it and they're pulling at their major events when you've got moxley gage cardona they're pulling big crowds um, it's never going to challenge any of the um, big two, but you've got to give them kudos because they're obviously making money and the wrestlers are making a living. All right, they're getting hugely damaged for it, but hey, you know, I don't know. But, you know, fair play to them for that. Exactly, David. So we're moving over to our final sunny question of the week, and we're going to talk about favorite moment of the first season of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Wow. Um, do you know what? That's very difficult to answer because I've, there's so many highlights. The Russian Nightmare. Do you know what? I, I'm going to narrow it down, right? Because he's been sort of like an idol of mine. 
Every guest we've had on has been absolutely fantastic from Ashley Vega. Chris Renfrew was a personal highlight for me, not only because it was our first proper guest, but he's obviously someone who's... um, who I'm very, very fond of. But I'm going to go back, and he's one of our... Well, he's not really one of our mentors. You know, Jason, Joe, having them on. You know, the guys from the other pods, like Boris and, you know, and uh, Randy, you know, who supported us and helped us. But my one main man, and I really, really enjoyed I didn't get to finish it because of um, because of Zoom, was having Lavransky on. I, I, I admired Dan Lavransky and his journalism and his knowledge and his the historian side of him immensely. And to have him on, just chatting wrestling like mates, music, the UK scene and stuff like that was something I never thought I'd do. And Dan, genuinely thank you. That was a personal highlight for me. I really, really enjoyed that. But Thanks to everyone who's been involved in this show, especially you, mate, because I know you've done a lot of hard work um, towards it and you carry me a lot of the time. So, no, and I'm getting a little bit sentimental because, you know, to be at the 12-month point for for me is amazing. Exactly. It's kind of crazy to think that a year ago today, literally today, I sent you my very first message going like, Hey, I'm Sean. This is what I want to do. Do you want to do a podcast? Because I literally didn't know anything about you. And I didn't realize you were the same person who totally disliked AEW All Out from last year. Well, I did. And hey, what a turnaround. It was one of the best shows, you know, this year's was one of the best shows I've seen in years. Now, to answer my question about my favorite moment of Ray Free for Professional Wrestling this first season... It's probably you and Christina just getting to know you guys and working with both of you and over the course of 12 months, gaining two new friends from across the pond. I mean, you guys are the best thing ever. Oh, bless you, mate. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, our relationship that has formed over Skype, um, and it's just going to get soppy to the list as goes without saying, and I don't want to get too 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 sentimental here because um, um, it's been an emotional weekend at the best of times. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, that that's a given. I look forward to chatting with you. Um, we, we don't differ that much. And um, the the Knoxville, Cambridgeshire humour. Um, hey, we got the we got the Cowboys in common. Let's face it, we're both Cowboys fans um, for the right reasons as well. Um, roll on Thursday night or Friday morning in my case. Okay, speaking of Cowboys, my other favorite part of Radio Free Professional Wrestling in the first season was doing the crossover with the Ministry of Slam and getting to know Lawrence and Lee. Yeah. Even though Lee is a Buccaneers fan, and I can't understand why, but he can't see the light and be a Cowboy fan like us. Well, um, I mean, I'm not, you know, it's hard for me to criticize another Englishman's choice of an American sports team because there are very strange rules on on how you support American sports teams over here. It's like I'm I'm a big, big hockey mark. Anyone that knows me knows I'm a big mark for ice hockey. And I'm a Calgary Flames fan. And I mean, a diehard studied the history. And that purely simply came for the first NHL rink I visited was the Saddledome. So they were my team. I, I did a homestead um, when, when I was in, in my previous career. And now I'm just, you know, I am a, literally a diehard diehard Flames fan over here in the UK. It's strange, you know, but we... We love American sports over here. Exactly. So this is going to end standing six questions, and we're going to slide right over to the final hill and face of the week. It's now time for David, the Smart Mark heel and face of the week. 
Okay, David, so what were we starting for the final time with this segment? Well, my mind are very, very simple, and I think they're very, very predictable. I've gone for a traditional heel, a traditional face, based on All Out, which was a fantastic wrestling card. I know it went on. I know you messaged me before it came on, and we were discussing how long it would go, but it didn't lag. They got the match placing right, it, and even allowing for Kenny and Christian having to follow Punk's uh, return and for the pair of them having to follow that insane cage match with the, the books and Penta and uh, etc. I, I just um, my heel is Adam Cole all the way because it was so well done it was so you could see it coming I mean don't get me wrong you could see it coming he got his pop for doing Adam Cole baby in the ring but you, you could see it coming but it was still well done it was simple and, you know, it was the right choice. It was the right decision to make. David, Adam Cole got me. Because I saw him come down to the ring. I'm going like, oh, this is cool. And yeah, I went, Adam Cole, baby. Then I went, wait a minute. He's joining the Elite? Well, he was always going to. I mean, you know, apart from the split in um, Ring of Honor, when, um, when he got turned on when he was just about to leave Ring of Honor by Marty. You know, I mean, Marty's girl must be just now absolutely sat at home in England this weekend. Gutted, absolutely gutted, because they're all together now, bar him. But then I suppose to a degree it's his own fault. But hey, um, I'm not going to go back over that subject matter. I could see that coming. I, I knew without a doubt when he came out. At that point, the the introduction of him was a great surprise, really well done. But I was like, no, you, there's a heel turn coming here. Um, and then you had my face of the week come out, which was Brian Danielson. And you were bang on in your Twitter poll. Tony Khan should have bought Eye of the Tiger. Absolutely. Because he came out to one of the... Nearly ruined it for me. That version of Flight of the Valkyrie was not the version that the WWE used. And it was noticeably not the version that the WWE used. If you, you go back and look at it and compare it to when a, a WWE entrance of his, and it was nearly right. Oh, but fortunately he came out quite quickly. And, you know, I was too focused on what he was going to do to to then give a shit about the, um, the actual music. But yeah, it was a different version of Flight of the Valkyrie. Exactly, David. It reminded me of Aaron Stevens' debut in TNA where they had the hallelujah for like maybe 30 seconds and they kicked over to this lame generic rock. It's literally the yeah. same concept. Okay, so my heel from this week comes from AEW All Out because AEW All Out is easily the pay-per-view of the year. It's MJF because his entrance, a lot of people thought it was Chris Jericho <laughs> doing his entrance, but yeah. no, 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 no. It said Jericho's last match, and he came out like he was walking off the stage of Hamilton. And I was like going, cool. I have to say that was whoever thought of that, whoever came up with that, uh, deserves a quiet handshake and pat on the back because that was excellent. It really, really was well done. And I, you know, I mean, anyone, anyone who's been a long-term wrestling fan would have appreciated that. Very clever, very well done. Now, my only problem with that match was I wish they would have left the decision stand where it was, where MJF won the match, but you saw Jericho's yeah. leg on a rope. They could easily just left that and let Jericho ride off to the sunset and eventually write Jericho back into the story because, oh, hey... Monkey's in the back. Roll the footage. Yeah, I mean, that match, that's the only thing I would have said about that card. That match shouldn't have taken place. But we discussed that on a previous episode. Um, after losing the trials, he should have gone off saying that he's coming, you know, 
I'll be back. You haven't got rid of me, but I'm going to regroup and I'm going to come back and I'm going to smash smash the granny out of you, um, MJF. But you never know when he's coming back. Um, and, you know, the old adage we say time and time again on the show, how can I miss you if you don't go away? And it's very true in this case. Okay, so my face from AEW All Out. I'm going to Minoru Suzuki because I was like, <laughs> wow. I just yeah. think he was going to debut and I'm like seeing him walk on the stage and I go like, thanks to you. I watched the New Japan. I knew who he was. And I'm going, oh, this is going to be so good. So did the crowd. The crowd sang along to his theme. Um, which was cool. Um, yeah, I, excellent shock. And Moxley, for once, sold it really well. It was like, oh, no, not you now. You know, I just got rid of him, who I've got respect for. You know, and we've, not, we've, we've knocked seven bells out of each other, which they did. Um, it was really convincing. But what's interesting, Sean, considering when Moxley debuted, he's dropped down the card. Where does Christian go now? Now you've got... I mean, obviously, they're going to look up Danielson more than Punk having, um, you know, having the first title shot out of the newbies. I, it, it, it's interesting where they go with all these stars, where, you, know, where, you know, what they do next. Because what's... Um, is it Fighter Fest, the next one? The next big show? Okay, so the next announced pay-per-view for AEW is going to be Full Gear. And that's not till November. Full Gear, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but that'll come around quick enough. We're nearly, you know, they they, they they don't saturate their pay-per-views, which is good. They do at least, you know. But I think, personally, at full gear, it's going to be one of their schmoz tag matches. Now, Adam Cole, you're going to have like a 10-man with the Bucks, Omega, Cole, um, and one other versus, say, Danielson, Jungle Boy, Christian Cage, Luchasaurus. You know, you could... You can, or you know an eight man, you know that would that would make sense. And so, so Kenny doesn't put the title on the line till next year or something, or not on a pay per view anyway. Okay, I like your idea, but I want to change it around just a bit. Yeah, okay. Okay, instead of Christian, Daniel Bryan, and that crew, it's a returning Adam Page and a Dark Order. No, I think Page needs to come when he returns. I think he needs to do like the Danielson Punk. Um, Adam Cole entrance that they've just done. Okay, so at the end of the match, at the end of a match, he comes out and knocks again, knocks the hell out of the elite because they've been, you know, doing naughty, naughty stuff. And I'm back. I've had, you know, my ba- I've had my baby. I'm back. I'm eager. I'm coming for you. Okay, that sounds cooler. I was trying to do my idea, but now I like your idea. Dang. <laughs> no, no, no. That's good, mate. No, no, no. But you know, you could see it. Say hypothetically, you have a four-man match. Say I've um, Cole, Omega, and the Bucks against Christian, Brian, and Luchasaur and Jurassic Express. Okay, you've got a four-man match. At the end of it, you add the Good Brothers in, and they're kicking, you know, so you've got a six on four. They're kicking the, the hell out of the faces, and Paige comes in and makes a save at the end and announces, I'm back, Omega, I'm coming for you. In the new year, that world title is finally mine. Exactly. I like your idea now more I think about it. It's a good idea. So we're going to end this segment here with your great idea. And we're going to slide over to the very first Winston Churchill Cup defense of the season. Yeah, let's do it. It's time for the Winston Churchill Cup. Okay, David. Radio Free Professional Management. Wait a minute. It's us. Let's go ahead and break the fourth wall. It's just me and you. So we're going to 
do a Churchill Cup defense, <laughs> and I'm going to walk into the lion's den that is known as Ring of Honor, because we're talking about death before dishonor, or in my case, probably my death. Hey, mate, no, 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 not at all. There's, there's eight matches announced, including the dark match. I've got a TBD on my card versus TBD. So you're the champion. It's a new season. You have the honor. I'm good with that. Okay, I will accept your gracious offer to having the very first pick of season two, and I'm going straight to the pure rules match for the ROH Pure Championship. It's Jonathan Gresham versus Josh Woods. I'm taking the Alton first. Oh, bollocks. It serves me right for being magnanimous, because that's the first pick I wanted. Um, okay, mate, fair enough. I don't blame you for that at all. I'm going to go for the... I'm going to actually take a risk. And go for the ROH World Title Championship. I don't think Bandito drops the title. So I'm going to go Bandito, mate. Ooh, that was going to be my next pick I was going to do. Except for, I was going to go back with my boy EC3. But we'll see who wins that one. With my second stunning pick of the season. Okay, I'm going to go down here to Dalton Castle versus I- Ism. And I'm taking Dalton Castle to win. Yeah, fair one. Um, now... I'm going to pick the Briscoes versus the OGK, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, and I'm picking OGK. Okay, I'm right with you. I would have picked the um, original Kingdom here. That would have been my selection. So, David, but I'm I'm feeling good about my pick, so I'm not going to do that right now. Okay, so with my next selection, I'm going to the six-man tag team title match for the ROH World (laughs) Six-Man Tag Team Championship. Yeah. And give me Shane Taylor promotion beating... La Fashion de Anaro. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. Um, well, in that case, I'm going to t- pick the other six-man tag team to match, and I'm going to take Violence Unlimited over John Walters, LSG, and Lee Moriarty. Yeah, I do believe that Violence Unlimited should walk through that pretty easily, even though there's some talent on the other side of the ring. So let me go over here to the uh, tournament final for the Inaro ROH Women's World Championship match. It's Roxy versus Miranda Elaze. Okay, so I'm taking Roxy to win. It's basically a coin flip, but I'll go with Roxy. Yeah, I would have gone with Roxy as well if I'd have been given the choice. Which leaves me Danhausen versus 29 to be decided in a 30 man on a rumble match. And considering they are to be decided, I'm going to have no choice but to pick Danhausen. David, I know you would. Well, hey, David, what happens if I was number 30 in this match and it was me and Dan Housen? Would he still pick Dan Housen? Yes. <sighs> David. Sorry. I like Dan Housen. I know you do. He's very evil. He's very nice. He's very nice. On this Friday's special episode of RPW oh. Retrospective. Yeah, we'll be a day late this week, guys, but it will still be worth it. Now, I do have one more special announcement because, you know what? This is our season premiere and it's all about surprises. Ladies and gentlemen, this Sunday on Radio Free Professional Wrestling, we are joined by a second-generation professional wrestler. She just made her CCW debut, and she was victorious. She was also at NWA Empower. She is none other than Bianca Corelli, the daughter of Santino Morella, and she will be on Radio Free Professional Wrestling this Sunday. Wow, well done, mate. You're interviewing her. I've no doubt it will be in-depth, and then she will be your new best friend. The Pope's been sacked. David, I think the Pope would understand if I kicked him to the curb for this one. <laughs> no, 
No, show show Pope some loyalty. We like the Pope. No, uh, well done, mate. Uh, it'll be interested to see what Bianca has to say about the state of uh, Indies in the American wrestling. Well, David, since you're on a hot streak here, why don't you tell the great people have a good evening? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get sentimental again. Twelve months in, I, I, I don't have to speak on behalf of Sean. He's a grown, grown, grown man. He'll do that himself. I'd just say everyone that's contributed, that's on our Facebook page, that's on our social media, that's joined in the show, we're 12 months in. We're not stopping now. We've had some hiccups, mainly my health normally, but hey, we've had some hiccups. We're doing it. We're going to continue doing it. We'll get better. We're going to get even better, even more guests. Thank you so, so much. I'll see you at the weekend. Um, We'll see you on Retrospective for a brilliant show of uh, the the very first ECW One Night Stand. And uh, take care, and we'll see you soon. Well, David, this isn't the Smack Daddies. This isn't Sunday Night's main event. This is Radio Free Professional Wrestling, and this is the home of smart and stunning professional wrestling talk. And until we see you this weekend, stay stunning. Damn right. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.